Happy Sunday, everybody. Thank you so much for stopping by and joining me. Join me, my sons. Join me. I'm happy to be here. I'm Jimmy Bratcher. For those of you that don't know or you stopped by for the very first time, thank you so much for being here. This is Sunday Good News because I ain't got nothing but good news because regardless of what's going on, that we see around us and the craziness that's happening in our world, which is nothing new, by the way. Jesus is still on the throne and he ain't taking, none of this stuff's taking him by surprise at all. Well, this morning, I got, I want, I just, uh, this is one of my favorite songs. I love it. Uh, I have great memories of recording it and uh, just the message. It's called, one rock. There's no denying what I see standing right there in front of me. I've been walking around it. It ain't no use. I am convinced gonna move blinded by truth in my side if I'm gonna move that mountain it's one rock at a time I've been talking to it get up and move and I feel just like oh I'm missing the groove but I got a promise oh and I believe one rock at a time every One rock at a time. 
What do you do when a mountain won't move? You start picking up rocks. That's what I think. One rock at a time. I so enjoy that song. I like the feel of it and everything. So, so on the horizon, we have a busy uh, schedule. In fact, today, if you would like to join uh, in, I will be speaking at the Rock of KC. If you're here in Kansas City, you can come at 9 or 1045 if you'd like to watch online, either via Facebook or therockofkc.com. You can do that at 9 a.m. So pretty much you get done with this, you go right there, but I'm going to do a little preview of what I'm going to speak up there. Just by way of announcements, we have some prison dates coming up. I'd like for you all to just consider praying for us, helping us financially to meet the budget, which is about for the summer, for these three events, it's about $10,000. Um, May 28th, we'll be in Winfield, Kansas at Winfield Correctional Center. On June 15th, we'll be at Ellsworth, Kansas. And I, you know you've heard me talk about that place before. And on July the 24th, we'll be in El Dorado, Kansas. A um, couple of live dates coming up here in Kansas City if you want to come join us. On the 17th, which is the f Friday before Father's Day, June 17th. I'll be at Knuckleheads doing a thing in the Gospel Lounge. Jessica and Leroy are flying in uh, for Father's Day, and we're in Fort Smith, Arkansas at Harvest Time Tabernacle. The good folks down there in Fort Smith. It's been a few years since I've been there, and I'm excited about being there. And then on June 25th, we'll be at Waterfest in Sherry's hometown, Excelsior Springs, Missouri, and then doing a concert, full concert with the band on the Gospel Stage. That's a very family-friendly event, so if you want to come, just come on. And then finally, on the 26th, the next day after that, Jessica and I will be telling our story at Crescent Lake Christian Center. So <clears throat> so anyway, so that's that's where we are. Let's pray. Father, help us today as we look at this, uh, the inspiration that I have uh, for the group today. Lord, I just asked for it. And, and help us to be able to hear the word, to respond to the word, and to do the word. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, right on. One, th one other announcement that I'll make, and I'll make this at the end too, is that I am going to suspend uh, doing a live stream on Wednesday nights. It's just, <clears throat> I want to do some things that are different and... Um, and so anyway, so I'm just going to suspend that for a while. So I'll still be here on Sunday right now. I'm just considering what the best way is. I really would like to um, <clears throat> not have to pre-record these and to be live so that we could interact and you could comment <clears throat> and all those things. I just need to figure out if that's going to work. We have a pretty active schedule coming up here in the next few weeks. So as you know, and as I've said before, Recently, my scripture verse for the year, and I'm assuming it's for the year, it's for the, for the place where I am right now is Exodus 4.2. And Exodus 4.2 reads like this, So the Lord said to him, What is in your hand? And, you know, we've been through this tremendous uh, uh, event 
in the world where, you know, we were shut down, we were locked up. We did all of those things and everything has been uh, different in my world. You know, we weren't able to travel. Churches weren't having events. No music venues were open. Those that were open had restrictions that I was not going to abide by. And, uh, and so, you know, they just really upset uh, the rhythm of everything that we had, which is okay. I mean, I, you know, we can go into a political discourse about all this and that's not going to change anything. But for me, it was, I was a little bit, <clears throat> excuse me, perplexed by what should I do? And this verse popped into my heart, you know, what's in your hand? Well, you know, I, we have a whole warehouse full of resources. By that, I mean books, CDs, DVDs, uh, those kinds of things. And normally, you know, in the past, we've used those as a means by which to gain finances that allow us to be able to fund things like the prison events. And, you know, on the 30th, I think it's the 30th of May. Uh, let me look real quick. It's the 30th of May. I will be under the bridge at first and grand. And, you know, just all the things that happen around us. And so we would use our resources to to help us to get the funds that we needed to be able to keep doing what we're doing and pay the bills and and uh, buy some groceries. But as all of that changed, it's like, well, what's in your hand? Well, I have these resources. And so am I going to choose to just hang on to these resources or am I going to get them out of your hand? So this story here is about the man Moses. Fabulous, fabulous character in the Bible. But he was a man, and it's really, you know, it's at a time in Moses' life when this conversation starts in Exodus chapter 3. He's Moses the fugitive, Moses the murderer, Moses the sheep herder, Moses the failed deliverer. And all of a sudden, he's walking with his sheep, doing his deal, and he comes up. And he sees this sight. Hang on, I gotta grab something. Well, no, I don't. I got a stick. I was gonna go grab my stick, my walking stick, so that I could have this. I'm gonna go do it. Just hang on. Just y'all talk amongst yourselves. I'll be right back. And I'm back. I got my stick. This stick was given to me by my good friend Rick Yord, who's played on several of my albums. And uh, it's a Brazos walking stick. And when I think about Moses and his stick and his rod, I'm thinking about this thing. It's like, man, I did add a little uh, end cap that I bought on Amazon for a dollar or whatever. But Moses is, he's just this guy that's failed. He's been banished to the backside of the deserts, but he's doing life. And he's had this desire in his heart to do something about the condition of his people in Egypt. And he's walking, walking around with his stick and his sheep and 
doing his deal, and all of a sudden he sees this sight of this bush that's on fire, but it's not burning up. And he's like, wow, that's the hillbilly authorized version. I got to go check this out. And so he goes and checks it out. And as he's approaching it, he hears the voice of God speaking to him and says, stop and take off your shoes because this is holy ground. This is a time of Moses's separation to his calling. And, uh, and the voice begins to talk to him. In Exodus 3.10, it says, Go, now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh, and you must lead my people out of Egypt. Exodus 3.10. You know, the will of God <clears throat> is a discovery. Now, it can become knowledge, but at first, it's just this discovery. You know, Jesus took the disciples on the journey of going from place to place, and it wasn't necessarily about what was going to happen when they got to that place as much as what happened as they went to that place. And so as we go, we hear, you know, as we are on this journey, we discover the will of God in certain situations by listening to the voice of the Spirit. You know, the will of God is something that happens moment by moment, breath by breath, step by step. We're on this journey, and God doesn't mind the journey. We mind it because if we see, you know, off in the future and project it off in the future, our view's not very good, and we can build things up in our mind and create things with our imagination that aren't necessarily the way things should be. Now, I'm not saying I'm against using your imagination because, after all, God gave you your imagination and he gave your heart eyes to see. So it's not just a matter of physically seeing things. It's like, open the eyes of my heart. We used to sing that song all the time from that passage of Scripture. But if we project the will of God only into the future, it's like, God, one of these days, I'm going to be that guy you know, Moses is saying, one of these days, I'm going to be that guy, then we forget about the reality of what's happening right now in this moment. 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. But when this event happens in Moses' life, Guess what he does? He goes immediately to the sense of lack. And he begins to, to, to question who God has made him to be. He begins to go down this path of, of all of his questions. He has this sense of lack because he has developed this identity of himself based on his past, based on his failures, based on his own personal experiences and judgments. And God has something to say to you and I about the reality of who we are. The strategy of the enemy is always to attack your identity and to try to convince you of this one simple fact. 
Please get this ingrained into your heart. God created you in his image uniquely the way that he wanted you to be created. And so much of our time is spent on us berating and degrading the reality of who we are because we don't see the whole picture we only see the moment, and so we just beat on ourselves, we condemn ourselves, we create this sense that we are not whole, that we are not complete as Jesus has made us, and we buy into this. So all of this is necessary with Moses. All the enemy's strategy is necessary for us so that you will doubt who God created you to be. My friend Jim Richards wrote this in his book, Wired for Success, Programmed for Failure. Here's the quote, air quotes. We live in the illusion of how we've learned to see ourselves. The only way to judge or to see yourself is in light of the finished work of Jesus. We use human reasoning or religious training and we can sell ourselves so short. I used to have a post-it note set right here. And I took it down when we started shooting video because Sherry wanted me to clean the junk up out my office. It ain't working very well. But uh, it, it, was a, it was a conversation I was having with Jim Richards. And he said this, you, need, you sell yourself short. You need to get a picture of what is possible. So we use human reasoning or religious tradition and we talk ourselves out of this because God is not withholding anything from us. He's not. He is not withholding anything from us. And that's another strategy of the enemy. That's a strategy that happened in the garden. You know, God, if you don't do this, you're not going to be like God because he's holding these things back. That was the strategy used in the temptation of Jesus. I'm going to show you all these things that you could have if you just bow down and, and relinquish your authority and worship the devil. 2 Peter 1.3 says, As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to glory and virtue. So knowing what the sense of lack is and how it works in our life, is a, it gives us, as knowing just knowing that, it gives us this sense, this liberation to know that God is not withholding anything for us. Now there are seasons and times when we will come into certain areas or certain jobs or whatever it is in our life, but God is not withholding his good things from us. And Moses, when he's having this conversation, as soon as God says this, he, he runs to, his, to, the, to the view that he has of himself. And he begins to, he only sees himself in his deficiencies. He doesn't see himself in the reality, you know, with the reality of the potential of God's power that would be with him. So the first thing he does is he asks this question, who am I? Man, how many times have you asked yourself that question? In Exodus 3.11, it says, but Moses protested. Now, 
I think it's an interesting dynamic here and you should be observant of this whole dialogue. Moses is protesting the word of God. He's, he's, he's protesting it. It says, but Moses protested to God. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh and who am I to lead your people out? And Moses obviously has this terrible self-image of himself. And it just never works when you question God about how he made you. God's response to Moses is this. I'll be with you. It's like the end of the story, right? God's going with me. He's all powerful. He's God almighty. So that should be the end of the story. That should have been all that Moses needed to know. Now for you and I, you know, Moses being in the old covenant, us being in the new covenant, covenant, it's not God being with us. He is with us, but he is in us. That's a huge difference. Moses goes on to say, well, they won't believe me. Exodus 4.1, then Moses answered, behold, they won't believe me or they won't listen to my voice. For they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. Man, how many times have you ever had that feeling? People won't destroy you. But God's response to all of that is, Moses, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? So don't be concerned with what other people think. Focus your concern on what the Lord has spoken. Moses goes on, his next excuse is, I can't talk. You called me to communicate the gospel to people, and I can't talk. Exodus 4.10, but Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I have never been, and I'm not now. Even though you've spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. He reaches into his past to justify his insecurities. And God's response to Moses' question was, okay, you can talk to your brother Aaron, and Aaron will talk for you. It's, it's very simple. It's like we come up with these excuses, and God always has a solution to the excuses that we make. And then Moses, he's not even satisfied with that. I mean, my goodness, it's like, where do we go with that? And he says, um, would you send somebody else? I'm, I'm not the guy. Would you just send somebody else? And, uh, and God's response to that was, no. You're the person. You're the man. I want what's in your hand. I want what you have experienced. I want you. And my answer is, I'm not sending anybody else. I called you. I want you. It's not wise to discount what is in your hand. You see, God doesn't care about what you think you don't have. He cares about what you do have, no matter how insignificant you think it is. Most of all, he cares about what you believe, specifically about what you believe about his ability. And then he is concerned about what you believe about yourself. 
I was at my son Jason's place the other day and there's a stencil on the wall in one of his rooms and it's a quote from Henry Ford and it says this, if you believe you can or if you believe you can't, you're right. So God knows what you have and he wants to use it. I mean, let's just settle it. And I'm not talking about, uh, I mean, I'm not talking about vocational ministry kinds of things. I'm talking about me and you living our lives. He wants to use what you have. And you've heard me say this before on here. It's out of Proverbs 18, 16. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. The word gift there is simply defined as that which you presently have to give away. You have something in your hand, in your life right now, that if you are a generous person, you can give that away. You can, you can find those things. You can find what it is that you're gifted in. And you know, the cool thing about all this is it's going to be different for everybody. It's, gonna, it's not going to look the same as what I do. It's not going to look the same as what your spouse does necessarily, maybe. But you can find things in your life that God has gifted you with that you can begin to give away. The problem is, is that we don't like starting small period. Zechariah 4.10 says, do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And I love that, man. It's like, I found that scripture. It's in the, the New Living Translation. And I love that part where it says, the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. If you'll use what you have, You'll find that you'll always have enough. You'll find your dreams in pursuit of the opportunities that are right in front of you. Excuse me, my phone is ringing. I'm sorry, I, I should have shut that off. But you will find your dream in, in pursuit of the opportunities that are right in front of you. Okay, let's wrap this up. Last point. Start with what you have. And here's my quote on this. God will take care of the grandiose if you take care of the simple. What is in your hand? Sounds like Sherry's running a drill or something out here. If God will take care of the grandiose if you take care of what's in your hand. So how will you allow God to use it? Like Moses, what you have in your hand will only really manifest when it gets out of your hand, when you throw it down, when you give that gift. You know, it's so such an interesting principle that we can try to hang on to these things, we can try to keep them for ourselves, but once we get it out, you know, what it, what it is too is that every believer you're never going to be satisfied unless you use or give away the gifts that you have been given. It's just that simple. So since you're like me, since the moment I met Jesus, I wanted to do something for him. I wanted to help others meet this wonderful Savior and know 
this loving Father, and experience the reality of the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. I've always wanted to do something. Don't make the mistakes that Moses did and default back to the sense of lack. Well, I don't have this, I don't have that. As soon as you get that out of your life, you'll discover the reality of the possibilities of what you have. So start using what you've got right now in your hands, in every aspect of what's going on in your life. You have what you need. God is not withholding anything from you. He wants to use you, and he wants to use what you have right now. Now, for some of you, that'll mean you got something you can give to somebody. That'll mean you can go out and help your neighbors. That'll mean you can volunteer for church, for doing whatever. You know, in mine and Sherry's life, we spent decades in, in the ministry of helps. And people, you know, they don't like those small things, but God loves, he rejoices to see the work get started. And we volunteered, I mean, to with sacrifice. I mean, it wasn't just something, you know, like Sherry, some of you don't know this, Sherry taught school as a volunteer full time for 12 years. The entire time that our kids were in school, Sherry taught school as a volunteer. Why? That's what we had. That was what we, what we had available to give. And that was part of the training. You know, she's a great educator. You know, I, I've been telling her, it's like she gets such a response off of pictures from her deck, which I painted this week. Woohoo! Uh, that I said, you know, you need to start opening this up and use this as a ministry opportunity and start inviting some people over to have coffee with Sherry on the deck. So if that's you, you want to do that, you'll have to reach out to her and do that. But she gets more response out of that from anything. Why? Because she's it's in her hands. You know, she loves shoes. She starts taking pictures of her shoes. Her social media page goes crazy. I'm saying, you know, we need to find some shoes that you like and approach the manufacturers about giving you an endorsement deal for shoes. But I hope that this encourages you today to quit criticizing yourself. Quit looking at your past failures and your mistakes. God wants to use you, and, and he wants to use what you presently have. For some of y'all... You know, for you that are church folks, man, you need to find a place to volunteer in the church, do something, you know, even if it's just show up at work days and help clean up or do something, find a not-for-profit, you know, like we do, we do the thing under the bridge at First and Grand three, four times a year, and just go serve those people, you know, just go be a blessing to them, not looking for any accolades, any great reward, any grandiose thing. Just be yourself, you know, here it is. The ministry is showing up. Be yourself in Christ and show up. That is the purpose of everything that we have going on. So anyway, yeah, I found out what the noise was. My my uh, our ex-son-in-law or son-in-law, used to be son-in-law. How do you say that right? Jonathan's out I had to replace a board on the deck and he's there replace or he's there screwing it down. 
I didn't have a, have a board. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you have given us the best that heaven has in Jesus. We don't lack anything. We have everything. All of our needs are met according to your riches in glory through Christ Jesus. So Lord, help us to realize our potential and use what we have in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in case you missed the first part of this, I did announce that I will be suspending the stream on Wednesdays uh, just to help me to have a little little uh, uh, inspiration on what to do next. So anyway, I, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your blessings, for your kindness, for your concern. And we love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless y'all. I will see you next Sunday. Remember, you can tune in at the rocketkc.com or on the Rocket KC Facebook page at 9 o'clock Central Time today, and you can hear this message with me live in a big crowd of people. So God bless y'all. Adios. Bye-bye.